We're learning about Lamed Zayin Amid Beis, and we're just picking up at the bottom of Lamed Zayin Amid Aleph. The Gemara here is referring back to the mission. In the mission, we learned that when someone gives his animal to his son or to the shepherd on Yamtiv, the animal is subject to the tchum of the owner, not to the tchum of the son or the shepherd who he gives it to, to his own personal tchum. So the Gemara says, Masnis in the Mishnah is below Kabidosa, it's not like Kabidosa. Kabidosa says otherwise, the Tanya, Tezna Braisa. Kabidosa Omer, Vamila, some say it wasn't Kabidosa, it's Abishol Omer. Abishol says, Halokech Behemo Michavero Mirav Yamtiv, a person purchases an animal. Before Yamtiv, even though the owner only transferred it into the possession of the purchaser on Yamtiv, since it was sold on Rav Yamtiv, it is like the legs of the Lokech, meaning to say it is subject to the Trump of the Lokech, of the purchaser, not the seller. Similarly, someone gives over his animal to the shepherd, even though he only actually gave it over to on Yamtiv. Nonetheless, it is like the Ragliaro, it is subject to the Tchum of the shepherd whom he gave it to on Yamtiv, not to his own personal Tchum. Right? In the Mishnah, we said that the animal is subject to the Tchum of the owner, and Rabbi Dosa here says that it's subject to the Tchum of the Roa of the shepherd. The Gemara says, no, the Mishnah can even accord with the opinion of Rabbi Dosa. Hello, Kashan, it's not difficult. Rabbi Dosa is talking when there is only one shepherd. He knew before Yamtiv he was going to give it to the shepherd, and he knows which shepherd. There is only one. So then we say it is subject to the tchum of the shepherd. Kan, the Mishnah that says it's subject to the tchum of the owner, when two, it's when there's two shepherds. There's a choice. He could give it to one or the other. And therefore, since we don't know before Yamtiv whom he's going to decide to give it to, it is subject to his own personal tchum. It couldn't be limited, subject to the tchum of the Roy. They can, I mean, the Gemara says this is really midriyak. Because it says in the mission of the Vuno, all the he gave it to a son or to the shepherd. Apparently he was making a choice between his son who's functioning as a roa or, uh, or the local roa. And therefore, it couldn't be subject to their tchom, it's only subject to a son. So here you see it, it's not really a contradiction, everyone agreed. Amar Abba Bar Bar Chana, Amar Abba Yochanan, Halacha Kribidosa. The halacha is like Kribidosa. That when you give over an animal to the roa on Yamtiv, it's subject to the tchum of the roa. In fact, the Gemara Umiyam Rabbi Yochanan Achik Rabbi Yochanan have possibly said that. Vam Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yochanan says he has the klal halacha kestam mishnah. The halacha is always like the stam mishnah. So in our mishnah, what does it say? The first line of the mishnah says, "But tanana behema ve'akelim." A person's animals, a person's kelim, his possessions are karaglia bailim. They are subject to the tchum of himself, of the owner, not somebody who he gives it to. So the Gemara says, but but didn't we establish that just later on in the Mishnah, the Mishnah is talking, kan echad, kan rom, that Rabbi Dosa is talking about a case when there is only one Roa, and the Mishnah is talking when there are two Roim. So obviously the first line of the Mishnah as well is referring to when there are two Roim. And that's why when there's two Roim, then we say it's subject to the Tchum of the owner. If there would only be one Roa, of course it would be subject to the Tchum of the Roa. And that's what Rabbi Dosa says. And the Lach is like Rabbi Dosa. And the Lach is also like the Mishnah. There's no conflict. Tan Rabbana and the Rites, it says, Shnayim Shishalu Chaluk Echad B'Shutfas. Two people borrow between them a chaluk, uh, an undergarment, a robe, B'Shutfas, as a partners, right? They borrow it, and the idea is they're both going to share it. They're both going to use it on Yom Tov. Ze'alei Shachris the Beis Just the one's going to use it to go in the morning to the Beis HaMedrash. Ze'alei Harvest, the other one is going to go with it in the evening, the Beis HaMishta, into a, to a party, a, a wedding, uh, some say uh, a Beis HaKnesset. Now, so the one made an Erev to the north to allow him to go north. And the other one, the other one made an Erev to the south to allow him to go to the south. So the halacha is, since they both jointly own it, 
the one who made an Erev to allow him to go north. So Mahalach Tafan, he can go north. However, he can only go only only like the feet, only as far as the one who made the Erev to go south can go north. Since it's jointly owned, the one who's going the one who's going north can only go as far north as the one who made an Erev to go south can go north. He's limited. Vizeshi Yeri Valavodarim, the one who made the Arab to go south. Mahalach Lerim, he can go south, but he can only go south. Karagli Mishi Yeri Valavodarim, only as far as the one who made the Arab to go north can go south. Vimitsu Esetchom, and if they literally they got the Tchom right in the middle, Rashi explains it means to say if the one made an Arab to allow him to go 4,000 Amas to the north, which means he cannot go even one Amas to the south. The other one made an Arab to go 4,000 Amas to the south, which means he cannot even go one Amas to the north. So right now, the place where they are is actually the middle point. It's the beginning of one Erev and the beginning of the other Erev, and neither one is allowed to go either way. Another one is allowed to go the opposite direction. So therefore, this Chaluk, this Chaluk, they cannot move it. They cannot move it, not to the north and not to the south, because each one limits the other one in that way. Itmar. Two people purchased together a chavis, a barrel, a jug of wine, and an animal b'shutfas. And the idea is they're going to share, split the wine, and they're going to shech the animal and share the meat, split the meat between them. Rav Amar, so Rav says, the chavis is muteris. The chavis, the wine, that's okay. They can share it, they can split it into two parts, and each one can take the wine wherever he wants to go, and it'll be subject to his own tchum. But the animal... Even if they shecht it and they divide it into two parts, asura, it's asur. Neither one is allowed to take the animal any further than the other one is allowed to go. The Shemul, Shemul says, no. Chavis is the Chavis is also asur. Now, to understand Shemul, we can understand Shemul. Shemul apparently says, this is called Ein Brera, Shemul holds that in both cases, the case of the animal or the case of the wine, either... The, the, the entire piece, the entire barrel of wine or the entire piece of meat that they bought, the animal belongs to both of them. When they split it up, so we don't say that each one got the part that belonged to him when Yamtiv came in. When they split it up, we say that each one got half, and in that half is part what was his and part of what was the other one's, and they're just sort of trading. So if you say that when you're dividing it, you're not getting necessarily what was yours before Yamtiv, so you're getting what was the other person's, or some of what was the other person's, and that's going to be limited by his tchum. So therefore Shemuel says, he split up the wine, he split up the animal, you have some of your own wine and some of his wine, which he's given you, he has some of his wine and some of his animal, and some of your animal and your wine, which you gave him, and therefore, both of you are subject to the tchum of the other one. The question is, what is Rav hold? Rav distinguishes between the barrel of wine and the animal. Microsoft, right? The Gemara says, Rav, what is Rav hold? Yeshbreya means we can determine on Yamtiv when we split it up that each one is getting whatever was his to start with, right? If we split up the wine into two and we split up the animals into two, each one gets what was his all along. Yeshbreya, we can say that whatever they get now is what they were, what was theirs from before. So then we should say, even the animals should be permitted to take it out of the tchum of the other one because when we split up the animal, so each one got his part of the animal, the part of the animal that's subject to his tchum and it is not subject to the other one's tchum. So even the animal, each one should be able to take the animal wherever he can go, and it shouldn't be limited by the other one. Vikasavar, and if you aim brera, there's no brera. We can't determine on Yamtiv by splitting it up, which portion each one had before Yamtiv. Rather, before Yamtiv, they were equal partners in everything, and when we split it up now, 
So each one is getting part of his own and part of the other one. So then a filuchavis nami yasser. So even the barrel of wine, it should be yasser. And even if we split it into two, we would say each one has a little bit of his own wine and a little bit of the other one's wine and should be limited by each other's chum. So even that case should be yasser. So why does Rav say that the chavis, they can split up and go their own separate ways? And the animal, they're not allowed to go their own separate ways. The Gemara says, Lolom kasavar yeshbe. Rav obviously holds yeshbe. He holds his breira. If there's breira, we understand why when you split up the the wine, each one can take it and go his own way. But why the case of the animal? Why when you split up the animal, can't each one go his own way? The case of the animal is different. Because the tchumen of each one is yonik, is literally getting nourishment from the other one. In other words, Rashi explains what it means is, when Yamtav came in, this was a living animal. And even if they buy it b'shutfis, and we say that Yeshbreira, and we're going to decide on Yamtav when they split it up, which part was... Whom's? Even if we say that, but when Yamtiv came in, the animal was together as a unit, as a living animal, and each part of the animal was getting nourishment from the other, right? There's a system and everything is getting a little bit from everything else. So that means you actually have a little bit of every part of the animal in every other part of the animal. And even when you shecht it, and each one gets the part that's primarily his using Breira, but he has a little bit of the other part within his part. And therefore he's limited to the Tzchum, as opposed to wine, you split the wine, and we say, Yesh Breya, so it's determined now, Lemafreya, retroactively, which wine was mine and is subject to my and which wine is yours and subject to your Eitzchon. Amalei Avkan and Ravasi, but Avkan and Ravasi have a problem with this. They say to Rav, how can you say that because the animal was a living animal during Ben when Yamtiv came in, therefore, every part of the animal is yonic from the other and is limited by the Tchum of the other one, Lesir Mutzu when it comes to the Yisra of Muktzah, they're not concerned about this. And when it comes to the Yisra of Tchumen, which is more Kaal, they are concerned. Rashi explains, each one, in his mind, his is Mekatzah Das from the other person's animal. In other words, if we have, let's say, Reuven and Shimon are the two partners, so we would say that for Reuven, Shimon's part of the animal is Muktzah. For Shimon, Reuven's part of the animal is Muktzah. And yet, when Banish Mashas came... We said that the animal is being yonik, and Ruvain's part of the animal is getting from Shimon's, and Shimon's part of the animal is getting from Ruvain's. So if we would be concerned about this idea of being yonik, we should say that Ruvain's animal is actually Muktza, because it has a little bit of Shimon's animal in it. And Shimon's part of the animal is Muktza because it has a little bit of Ruvain's animal in it. And we don't say that. So if we're not concerned regarding the issue of Muktza, so why should we be concerned when it comes to the issue of Tchumen? Tchumen is much more kal, is generally more kal than Muktza, and Obviously, we're not concerned about that. So, Shasik Rav. So, Rav was silent. He had a question, and Rav really didn't know how to answer the question. My Allah. So, what's Lemaisa? Meaning to say, the Gemara is leaving Rav's distinction. Rav, who distinguishes between the animal and the wine, the Gemara is leaving that there, unanswered. But, what's Lemaisa? There's a Machlech, Rav and Shemul here. So, what's Lemaisa? Rashaya says Yejbeir. He says, Lemaisa, we hold Yejbeir. And since Yejbeir, so therefore... Even in the case of the animal, since we don't understand Rav, we'll say even in the case of the animal, whichever part Reuven gets, he can take wherever he can go, and he's not limited by Shimon. Whichever part of the animal Shimon gets, he can take wherever he can go, and he's not limited by Reuven. And certainly in the case of the wine. Rabbi Yochanan says, no, we pass can aim Reira, and therefore both partners, each one is limited by the other partner, and they can only go where each other can go. Right. Now, that means that Rabbi Shaya Paskins, that Yej Reira. Now, this is a general question. We're discussing a specific case, but this is a general question of the many ramifications. The Gemara's traveled with Savra, Vashaya, Yeshbreya. Does Vashaya, in fact, hold all over Shasta, Yeshbreya, that we always allow ourselves to determine on Yamtiv what was an heir of Yamtiv? 
But now it says in the Mishnah, not like that. Or it says in the Mishnah, something else, and we'll see from what Roshaya says about that, that he doesn't hold the rare. It says in the Mishnah, Hameis Babais, there's a mace in the house. Velop Sachim Harbin, the house has many openings. So the lacha is that when there's a mace inside of a building, the Tumah goes out of the door, inside, in other words, something, let's say, that would be inside of a doorway or inside of a big window, would be considered inside of the owl with the mace and would become Tameh. So we have a mason a bias, and this bias has many, many openings, many openings, windows. So things that are in each of them, each of the different openings, each of the different windows are all tummy. The tumah goes into all of them, and the, everything inside becomes tummy because it's in the owl with the mason. But if one of them is opened up, then we say that the tumah goes there. The idea is that the tumah is going to eventually go out the one that's open. There's an assumption it's going to go out the one that's open. And therefore, whatever is inside of that opening, that's where the tumma goes, and the tumma does not go into the openings, into the doorways or the windows where it's closed. So who tummy? That one that's open is tummy. Vikul and tarim, and the other ones are all tar. Now, what if chashav lehutziyo biachar mehem? If the person thought that he's going to take the maze out of one of them, they're all closed, they're all open. So in the case when they're all closed, they're all open, we said that all of them become tummy. What if a person thought that he's going to take the Tumma out of one of the doors. Obuchalon, or he's going to take the Tumma out of one of the windows. Sheesh bar al it's four by four. Tvachim, and that's considered like a door. And he had in mind to take the mace out of that door or that window. So then, Matzelas al Psachim kulan. So that is Matzil, that saves all the other openings. And we say that anything that's in one of the other openings is not Tameh. The Tumma goes out of the one that he had in mind to take the Tumma out of. Now, Beishami Yomri, Beishami says, this is true, but there's a condition. For who? He has to have thought about this before the mace dies. Before the mace dies, he says, if the mace dies, I'm going to take the mace out of this Pesach, out of this window. Then we say the Tumma only goes to that window. If he didn't think about it until after the mace died, so then the Tumma already went in all of the windows, in all of the openings, and he can't change that afterwards when he has in mind to take the mace out of one of the doors. Even after the mace dies, he can have in mind that he's only going to take the toma out, the mace out of one of the doors, and then we would say that all the other ones are tahar. Now there's a way to understand this, that it has to do with Breira, and there's a way to understand this, that it doesn't have to, to do with Breira. How do we understand it, that it has to do with Breira? If you say that it means that the door that he's going to take the mace out of becomes tahar from now and on, that has nothing to do with Breira. When he has in mind, after the mace dies, to take the mace out of this door, so we say the door that he wants to take the mace out of, that's tahar. And the other doors are from now and on, Mikanul Haba, they are tar. That's nothing to do with Breira. But if we say that Basil actually means to say that when he has in mind, after the mace dies, to take the mace out of one of the doors, then all the other doors become tahar, and even the mafreya, even retroactively, they are tahar, and the things that are in them are tahar the mafreya. That is only because of the lach of Breira. So that's the question. It's not clear how to understand the Mishnah. And it was said about this Mishnah, Amr Shaya. Roshaya says, what's the chat of the Mishnah? What Bisham and Basil are arguing about is being Mitahar the Psachim from now and on. Even Basil only said that when you have in mind to take the mace out of this Pesach, so we would say that from now and on, anything that goes into one of the other one of the other Psachim would be Tahar. in only from now and on, but Lemafreya, lo, but not Lemafreya. That means Basil does not hold of Brega. So of course if Basil does not hold of Brega, so we would pass him like Basil. So in essence, Rabbi Shaya is saying that the lach is, there is no brera. So the question is, before we said that Rabbi Shaya holds yesh brera, and here we find Rabbi Shaya learning in Beis Hillel that in brera. 
So the Gemara says, Eipuch. So the Gemara says, when we said before that Rabbi Shaya holds Yesh Breira, and Rabbi Yochanan says Ein Breira, that was backwards. Really, what we should have said is Rabbi Shaya Amar Ein Breira. He holds there is no Breira, like we find over here in Beis Hillel. And Rabbi Yochanan Amar Yesh Breira. Rabbi Yochanan says Yesh Breira. Okay. So the Gemara says, when we use Rabbi Yochanan Breira, does Rabbi Yochanan hold the Breira? Brothers, they inherit a Yerusha, an inheritance, Shechalku, and they divide it up. So when they divide it up, there's a question. How do we look at them? When brothers divide up, do we say that each one is the rightful owner of what he inherited, and it's almost like that was his inheritance exclusively? Whatever they, However they decide to divide it, we say, you got your share, and you don't have your brother's share. It's exclusively yours. Or do we say that no, the entire inheritance, it's like, uh, it's a joint inheritance between all the brothers. And when we divide it, each one is sort of selling out of his joint ownership of, of everything to his brother. So each one sort of has a little bit of his own and the rest he's sort of bought. He traded from, uh, with his brother. What's going to be the nafkamina? The nafkamina is going to be when Yovo comes. When Yovo comes, things that are bought, so they all go back to the sellers. Every 50 years, everything goes back to the seller. So do we say that when brothers divide an inheritance, it goes back to, uh, it goes back and needs to be redivided when Yovo comes, or not? So Rabbi Yochanan says, and it's like they're buying one from the other. Umagzirin tells Rabbi Yochanan, we have to give it back and redivide in Yovo. We don't say that each one got his own. Meaning to say, we don't say that it's like Brera, it's Huvar, that when they divide it, each one got his deserved inheritance, and he doesn't have anything of anybody else's. No, we say that you can't do that. You can only basically share and take for yourself and give whatever you don't want to him, and he can take for himself what he wants and give what he doesn't want to you. But yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's like you're buying one from the other. And then after you have to give it back in Yovah. So here you see, the Rabbi Yochanan does not hold the Breira. What are you going to say? When does Rabbi Yochanan not hold the Breira? When it's coming to a Deraisa. So here, this is a Lacha that has to do with that's a Deraisa, right? Yerusha. And that it goes back in Yovo, that's a shayla of a deraisa. So maybe when it comes to the deraisa, Rabbi Yochanan doesn't know the Rebbeira. Ahu b'derabanan, but when it comes to dinim derabanan, like Tchumen, so then, Isle, then he has a Rebbeira. Isle, does he hold the Rebbeira even in the... Vatanya, Vatani, Ayo, Ayo, it says, Rehuda, Omer, Rehuda says, now what's he referring to? Rashi says that he's referring to the Tanakama in the Mishnah on Erev, and the Tanakama says that a person on Erev Yamtev can say, in a case where there's a Chacham coming... And he wants to go hear the drasha. If the chacham is coming to the south, and if he shows up, he wants to go 4,000 amos to the south, he can make an Arab like that. If he comes to the north and he wants to go to the north, he can make an Arab like that. And if two chachamim are coming and he's undecided whether he wants to go to the one who's coming to the north or the one who's coming to the south, he can do that also. He can basically make an area of north, south, or both, and decide on Yamda where he wants to go. And Ayo says... Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Yehuda disagrees. And Rabbi Yehuda says, no. A person is not allowed to make a tenai about two things at once. You can't put an Arab to the north and to the south and say that I'll decide on Yom Tov, depending on who comes where, whether where I want to go. No. What he could do is he could put an Arab to the east and say, if the Chacham comes to the east, I want to go there. Or he can put an Arab to the west and he can say, if he comes to the west, his Arab to the west. But both directions, not. We ask, What's Rabbi Huda's svara? Why is it that he can't make an Arab to go to the north and to the south, and then decide later where he, where he wants to go? That's obviously because there's no Brera. You can't decide on Yom Tev. You have to decide beforehand. So, but even if he puts an Arab to the east, and he doesn't decide to commit to go there, 
to have an Erev there. Or if he puts the Erev to the West, but he doesn't decide to commit to go to the West, he's going to decide on Yom Tev, assuming the Chacham comes to the East or to the West that he wants to go there. Now, so there too, Embraer, why don't we say Embraer? From Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan says, what he means to say is, if the Chacham already came, meaning if he puts his Erev to the West, and on Yom Tev he finds out that the Chacham got there before Yom Tev, then it works. If he put his Erev to the East and he discovers on Yom Tev the Chacham got there before Yom Tev to the East, his Erev works. But in a Chinami, if the Chacham only showed up on Yom Tev, and on Yom Tev he wants to decide, we say Eimbrer. Alma, we see less of Yochan and Breira. Yochan does not hold of Breira. So the Gemara goes back and it says, So when we said before that it's the reverse, it's not the reverse. Rabbi Yochan doesn't hold of Breira. Rabbi Yochan does hold of Breira. Now, what was the question that Rabbi, that Rabbi Yoshaya says that according to Beis Hillel, Eimbreira? So how could he say Yesh Breira when he says that according to Beis Hillel, Eimbreira? When does Rabbi Yoshaya not hold of Breira? In the case of Tumah, Tumah that's the Raisa, there he doesn't hold of Breira. But in the case of Tchumen, which is Rabbana, then he does hold of Breira. And Darsha, Marzutra, Halacha Kabi Yoshaya, the Halacha is like Kabi Yoshaya, that in the Raisas there's no Breira, and in the Rabbanans there is Breira.